Tonight I want to talk uh, for a few minutes on a subject that most of you are familiar with. And um, I will say that, um, that a lot of people probably don't practice as much as they should. And that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, don't tune out on me yet. This is one of the most powerful things you're ever going to find out in the world. Matter of fact, let me just say this to you. Speaking in tongues is the weapon that God has given us on planet Earth. He left us, and he didn't leave us comfortless. He sent the Holy Spirit. And those of us that have been baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues now have been left a weapon at our disposal to use against the enemy and to encourage us and the people around us in our lives. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. How many has been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Let me see your hand. Now, if you haven't yet, I'm believing God tonight you will be. Praise God. And be speaking in other tongues. I'm going to walk you through the word tonight to kind of build your faith and get you encouraged. How many knows that we're moving into the, the fall season of the year? which means that atonement is coming up very, very quickly upon us. And you'll start to hear me talking about atonement and what it means in the Word of God for us. Um, and we're going need to need that because one of the two seasons where the enemy really attacks God's people is in the springtime of the year and also in the fall time of the year. And you, it's just it's, it's how the enemy operates because he's always looking after the patterns of God. When you see God, God works and operates in patterns. You know, Jesus wasn't just born on any ordinary day. It was the exact day and time and season that God wanted to be born. He didn't die just on certain, just an ordinary day. It was the exact season and time that he was supposed to die. die. Everything with God has seasons. And so the enemy is always trying to counter the move of God in the earth. Every time God wants to move and do something special in you, here comes the enemy to come to thwart the plan, to get you to back down. So I'm here to tell you, if you haven't been attacked yet, I hate to say that, but this is the way it goes, get ready because battles come. But the good news is you will overcome. You will win. Amen, somebody. So the baptism of the Holy Ghost is given to us for many different things. And I'm going to list eight of them tonight scripturally. So we're going to walk through the word, and I'm going to tell you about the benefits that we have in, in the, um, the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, I grew up in a heathen household until I was seven years old. And so uh, I, we didn't know the Lord. The Lord was not a part of our, our life. My parents got radically saved in 1975, uh, in February 1975, and I followed suit the very next week. At seven years old, I gave my life to Jesus. I don't remember the day that we all got baptized in the Holy Ghost, but I know that we got saved in a little, uh, little Baptist church. And then we started going out to another church. Uh, it was a bigger church in town uh, by, by the name of First Assembly of God. And, um, and it was the time, uh, it was the tail end of the charismatic movement. And so they would have speakers in to talk just about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So my parents decided they're going to go check this thing out. So they went and they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then I got filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, my sister too, not many weeks after that. So the whole family now has been completely transformed. We're born again, and now we've been filled with the Holy Spirit. So I grew up basically from the age of seven in a Pentecostal charismatic household that believed God's words. I say amen to that. Nothing wrong with that. Amen. And so, and so uh, I've seen the power of God at work. When I came to the age of about 13 or so, maybe a little bit young, maybe 12, I started to backslide from the Lord and get involved with different things and drugs and alcohol, as sometimes teens will get involved in. And um, I didn't want anything to do with God. And so it wasn't that I was disrespectful to God. I just didn't. I wanted to go live my life and do what I wanted to do. 
And so for most all my teen years and even some of my uh, young 20s, um, I completely did not serve God. And I was 21 years of age, and uh, the, my car, we had two cars. We called mine the work car. Praise God, hers was the nice car. Mine was the work car. And so the work car, the engine blew up. Okay, so I wasn't ready. I needed a car. I wasn't ready to buy another car. My uncle was in the car business, and so um, I knew that he could get me another motor for pretty cheap. Back then, about five hundred bucks, about a thousand bucks today. So I said, uh, I'll, I'll talk to him and see what he could do. So he said, Yeah, I can, I can do about five hundred bucks. Get it done for you. And so I didn't have five hundred dollars, but I needed to get done like in a couple days. I needed my car. And so I didn't want to do this. It had to only be God because I'm kind of prideful like that. I didn't want to ask my dad for any money. But I went to my dad and said, look, hey, would you borrow me the money? I said, I don't have the money. So would you borrow it to me? I said, he said, sure, son, but here's the stipulation. I don't know. Here it comes. He said, all I'm asking you to do for the next six weeks, if you'll come to church, you don't have to come to the church service, but he had a, a, a large Sunday school class in the church, maybe about 100 people or so went to this Sunday school class. And um, he said, he said, now tell them they're getting too loud. That's just too rowdy. That's way too much fun. I'm jealous. I want to be over there. Praise God. And so, and so anyways, is that, um, so so he said, uh, come to my class for about six weeks. He said, six weeks, I'll give you the money. That's all I'm asking you to do. I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want, I, want, I don't want to borrow the money. I don't want to. Finally, I thought, well, what am I going to do? I don't have the money to fix it. So I said, okay, took the check, okay? And so he, he still expected me to pay him back, by the way. He didn't give it to me for free. You still got to pay that money back, but you're going to go to church for some week. Okay, so... I go to church the first week. I'm not, I don't want this. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to make excuses, but I know I can't keep making excuses every week, so just get it done. You know, grip, grip, just I had to bite down and make it happen. So I go to the class. Now, we're in the back of the classroom, okay? My dad and mom are in the front row, and they have a guy that's leading praise and worship with a guitar, okay? The microphone and the guitar. And, um, and so I'm in the back of the room. I said, look at these fanatics. This is, this is crazy. And everybody starts lifting their hands. Everybody's crying and worshiping. And then, and then people are speaking in tongues. Now they're speaking in tongues loud. And I'm going, oh, no. Oh, no. And we're in the back. You know, when you ain't serving God, you know you stick out like a sore thumb. You just do, right? At least you feel like you do. And so I'm in the back row. Now what's happening is this is what the phenomena, this is the phenomena. I don't know how this happened. This is what I'm going to tell you how powerful tongues are. My mother had been praying for me in the spirit since I was 13 years old to that day to come back to Jesus. And I don't know how this is even humanly possible. Everybody shouting at the top of the lungs with God on my side and going to town. But I could hear my mother's prayer language all the way from the front row to the back row. And I am like, I'm cringing. I'm getting upset. I'm uncomfortable. I'm walking in and out, in and out, back and forth. You can, there's only so much water in the drinking fountain. Come on, somebody. But I'm drinking all I because I'm, I'm, I can't stand it. I cannot, literally, everything in me wants to get run out of that room. I just, I mean, everything's cringing. I'm, I'm coming out of my skin. And I'm just here to tell you, thank God I came back to Jesus, all that. The reason why I brought that story up to you is don't ever tell me your prayer language over your children is not effective because it is highly effective. And that devil in me did not want to give up its sin. Come on, somebody say amen. And I mean everything in me was pushing hard for it. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. 
the apostle Paul was baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And this was after the ascension of Jesus Christ. This was, he was not a part of the disciples or the first apostles. He was somebody who got saved after Jesus ascended to heaven, which proves that the, this gift, the Bible says, is given to this generation and generation after that and generation to generation. So those who ask today still can be baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongue. Now we have our church uh, would be considered a charismatic church if you want to label it that. Um, you don't hear people ask what you label the churches anymore. You used to hear that a lot. But we'd be considered a charismatic church. Uh, but don't get it twisted. It still means Pentecostal. Come on, somebody. So I believe in the gifts of the Spirit as much as I believe in the fruits of the Spirit. And I think those that are gifted in the spirit need to have more fruits, amen? And the fruits need to have a few more gifts, praise God. But God gave, it, gave us the whole thing, a plethora, for us to be able to have and enjoy gifts and fruits. And I believe in the laying on of hands to see people healed. I believe that we can still cast out devils. Come on, somebody. I believe we have power when we speak. And so our church would be labeled a charismatic or a Pentecostal church. And... Um, some of the distinguishing factors of a Pentecostal charismatic church would be our passion. When people come, I tell people, I invite them to come. I invite my chiropractor to come. When, I, when it comes, I say, look, we are a passionate church. Oh, yeah, that's great. So you, you, just so you understand, when you get there, the music is loud. And, and just so you know, there's going to be people jumping up and down. Wow, that's pretty cool. I said, well, wait till you get there. And I'm, I'm trying to explain to him, that's what our church does. We're not going to sit and just have a hmm and sitting back with a hymn. No, come on, somebody. That's not what we are. We believe in who he is and we get excited about him. And the Bible says, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And so that's what we believe in. So that's how we operate. That's what we do. So you're going to see some jumping. You're going to see some shouting. You're going to see some mascara running. You're going to see some heels kicking off. You're going to see some people running sometimes. And you're going to see some strong preaching from the word of God. Ain't nothing better than a Pentecostal preacher that can get down. Ooh, Jesus, I love it. But nothing distinguishes us more than our practice of speaking in tongues. Above all the other denominational churches, above all the other different types of, of um, people that believe in certain things in Christianity, we stand out because we speak in tongues. And it wasn't that many years ago that when people got filled with the Holy Ghost in the 40s and 50s, they were considered that church on the other side of the track. And I had a grandmother who was in a church from the other side of the track. She didn't wear makeup. She only wore skirts and dresses. And she had hairpins with long hair. Come on, somebody say amen. And then she'd get to quaking and shaking and them hairpins go flying everywhere. And had visions. Fell in trances. Yeah, their church was small because people didn't understand what they're doing. And they may not have had all the theology right that they were preaching, but they knew one thing. They knew the power of God. And when they prayed, God would show up. I said, God would show up. That's what makes us different from all the other people, and we should be proud of that and happy about that. Now, I'm going to give you eight benefits of praying in tongues which is really your heavenly language. Let's look, look at Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. 
as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now get the picture. They're there in one accord, worshiping, praying, um, 120 of them in total unity, and the Spirit of God comes in the room. When the Spirit of God comes in the room, there was a manifestation. The manifestation of the Spirit of that was the baptism that Jesus said is the promise that I'm wanting you to go to Jerusalem to receive. So in other words, it's not the fact that we can speak in tongues because you know people can mimic other people. I said, I watched, I'll never forget it. I'm getting way off topic now. But how many members, um, who's that comedian? Sam, uh, the, huh? Kennison. How many remember Sam Kinnison? Some you have to be a little bit over like my age, praise God. Sam Kinnison, one of the funniest people you'll ever find. But he got real foul towards the end of his life. He was raised in the house of God, and he was a Pentecostal preacher. But he became a comedian and very bitter towards God and different people and different sects of the church, rather. And so he became a comedian. I saw him for the first time on HBO. And he said, hey, everybody, I used to be a Pentecostal preacher. Everybody's laughing. It kind of was uncomfortable. He goes, you don't believe me? Watch. And he started preaching down one side of that platform to the other and started speaking in tongues. And the whole thing went, ha, ha, ha. No, no, nobody knew what to do with him. Nobody knew what was happening. It's like, it wasn't even funny. And I thought, oh, my God. Let me just tell you something. People can mimic things all day long. Don't mean God's involved in that whatsoever. You need the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is what makes the difference in the involvement of the power of God on the scene. Come on, church. There's fakes and frauds out there all over the place. We want the power of God to show up. So they said that the Spirit of God came upon them, and then Peter said to them, repent, talking about the people now, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Touch your neighbor, say, it's a gift. Now touch them again, say, why don't you receive it then? Someone says, I don't know if I want it. It's a gift. Give it back if we don't want it. But at least receive it once. Look at it. Praise God. And if you don't like it, give it back. So speaking in tongues, number one, speaking in tongues is the biblical evidence of being filled with, or another translation of that, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Being filled with or baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's, a, it's something extra. It's something else. It's not just getting saved. and The Holy Spirit now lives in you. It's an endowment of power of the Holy Spirit, and you receive that gift by faith. As a matter of fact, being baptized on the Holy Spirit is the recurring sign that you find in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, um, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter. Why? Because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. He's thinking this is just for the Jews. Now the Gentiles are getting filled with the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Do you notice here that God didn't stick to a certain order of how people receive his spirit? We, see, we always say, get saved, get dunked in the water tank, get baptized in water, and then receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right here, they got born again, received the Holy Ghost spoken tongues, and then got water baptized. Let God be God, praise God. Matter of fact, there wasn't even an altar call. They just started to believe what they were saying. They believed it and got saved. 
And I love God. He ain't like us. He don't, he don't put God in a box. He does it God's way. Acts chapter 19, 6. And when Paul had laid hands on them. So one time, the Holy Spirit just comes, overshadows them. They all get filled. Another time, God required that Paul laid hands on them. And the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Someone might ask, do I have to speak in tongues to be filled with the Spirit? Truth is, you should be asking, do I get to speak in tongues once I'm filled with the Holy Spirit? Amen. Speaking in tongues is a wonderful privilege of spirit-filled believers. So someone said, well, I don't know if I, I, I got filled, but I didn't get the language. The, the language isn't the issue. The filling is the issue. But yes, you want to speak in tongues. That's a part of it all. It's a part of our prayer. It's a part of our function. It's a part of letting the Holy Spirit speak through us. The truth is, most people don't do it because they fear what they don't understand. They fear it because they don't understand what it is really all about. That's what I'm teaching you tonight. Nothing to be afraid of. It's the Holy Spirit. He's the third part of the Trinity. He's all God, just as much as God the Son is, just as much as God the Father is. It's the Spirit of God was left on earth by Jesus for every single person to be influenced and to be taught by. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. And he doesn't come upon us. He used to in the Old Testament. But now he, because of Jesus and his blood, he comes in us. So the influence and the manifestations from the inside out, nothing to be afraid of. My, my wife, my wife, um, she, um, uh, <clears throat> uh, we went to a little meeting and, and she, was, she just got rededicated her life to the Lord. I was still backslidden. And so she was on fire. And as you can relate, some of you that know this, if you have a spouse that's on fire and you're not, it ain't fun because, you know, you want to do what you do and they want to go to church. So I, so I, I always made things, I tried, to, I tried to plan my times on Sundays, praise God. I wanted to do things on Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning. You know what I'm trying to say? Because I didn't want her to go to church, hallelujah. And she'd be polled what she should do, and then she'd want to go to church, and I'd be mad and pout all day long, you know. But my dad, would he travel and minister in any place that would have him. And, um, and so his big forte was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so we went to a little storefront in Rockford, downtown, somewhere, some street. And uh, she, they, I said, we're going to the movies. And she said, well, I promised you my dad would stop in. I'm like, I'm not going in. I don't want to go in there. Once again, sit in the back row like a heathen. Come on, somebody. Sorry to all back row. I don't mean you all back. You're tr- I'm not. I, because I was a heathen, not y'all. And so, so I want nobody to see me in, out, in, out. Come on. So, um. So it's getting long. You know how Pentecostal service is going to be. It's getting long. I'm like, we got to get to the movie. I said, come on, we got to go. We're not going to leave right That would just be rude. And my dad starts talking about the baptismal spirit. Those who want to receive the baptism, lift your hand. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of not paying attention, but I can kind of hear it because I'm trying to get, let's go, let's go now. And she goes, we can't go now. We just can't go. I'm saying we can't go. And I'm going, what are you doing? Put your hand down. She lift her hand up in the air, and she goes, I don't know what I'm doing. And then my dad goes, oh, my God, my daughter almost gets filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on down here. And I'm like, what is going on here? So she doesn't even know what's happening. She goes, I didn't, I thought everyone was supposed to lift her hand. Now she's caught. We can't leave. She comes to the front, and my dad says, you're going to get filled tonight. She goes, okay. She gets bat- nailed, falls out, starts cut up outside. So I preach, I'm like, oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord. Is filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, 
her and my mother start to become prayer partners and their subject, y'all heard this before, was me. So every day they got together on the phone and they began to pray that God would get me. Come on, somebody. That the Holy Ghost would convict me and all this stuff. And they started praying about certain things about me and they started coming to pass. I didn't know they were praying. I had no idea they made that covenant with each other. I had no idea, but I just knew that her life was different and I did not like it. I'm here to tell you guys, and you say, well, is that good that you didn't like it? Yes, because everything in my life started turning upside down. You know, when you pray for people, don't think it's going to be hunky-dory. Don't think they're just, oh, look, their life is just changing. No, usually everything gets turned upside down. They freak out. They, have, they can't sleep at night. They're being, they're, they're, the, the enemy's attacking them. But God is, watch this, God is maneuvering the whole process. That's how you know prayer was working, when things start going wrong for them. You weren't cursing them. You're blessing them. But God's got a way of getting hold of people's lives. And boy, he got a hold of mine. And I've never looked back. Now, this, this is the second benefit. But because praying in tongues builds you up, both spiritually, uh, and I'll get to the other part in just a moment, but both spiritually and physically, but also spiritually to receive more from the Lord. You want more from God? Start praying in the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. When you want to edify yourself and build yourself up, you start praying in the Holy Spirit. Just as our physical bodies need to exercise to grow strong, our spiritual man also needs to exercise. And we do that when we pray and when we pray in the Holy Spirit. The third benefit, as I'm, I see my time, uh, is this. Uh, speaking in tongues is powerful. Um, God is, is, it is, uh, let me read this again. Speaking in tongues is a powerful God-given means of intercessory prayer. It is a powerful God-given means to intercessory prayer. When you want things to change in your world, begin to pray in the Spirit. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. What? I know my weaknesses. I need him to begin to move in my life. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. This scripture tells us four things, church, about our prayer lives. Number one, uh, number one is this. We don't know how to pray as we should. You know, church, there's some things that come up in your life. You're not sure what to say. Sometimes you get stung so hard and shocked by something, you don't have the words to even say anything. Other times, you don't know what direction you're supposed to pray. You want to pray the will of God, but you don't know what the will of God is. Am I right? So sometimes you just don't know what you should pray. That's number one. But also, the Bible promises here that the Spirit, because of that, will help us to pray correctly. Number three, the Holy Spirit will pray through us with groans that words cannot express. So in other words, human words or your just normal, your everyday native tongue, you can't express what you need to express. The Holy Spirit will do that through you. And also the Spirit will cause us to pray always according to the will of God. It is the perfect prayer. 
Ma'am, as soon as you get up out of your bed, take five minutes and begin to stir your faith up and pray in the Holy Ghost because it's perfect. Because usually things come out of your mouth early in the morning are not the will of God. Amen. Or on your way to work. Not the will of God, right? So pray in the Holy Spirit. It's absolutely perfect and it always is the will of God. And here's how it works. Number one, you begin to pray. Then it moves to a time of intercession that the Spirit begins to take over. So I pray, with, I can pray in the Spirit or I can pray in my normal language and then I begin to pray in the Spirit after that and it begins, the Holy Spirit begins to take over. Also, there are needs that you don't know about. So the Spirit of God will reveal those needs to you and there, there are needs that you know about but you don't know how to pray for them. Also, number four, Those are the times that you yield to the Holy Spirit and begin to let him pray through you. And that is what faith is all about, trusting that God is using you during those times. I cannot tell you how many times I prayed in the Spirit, didn't know what what I was going to say, started praying in the Holy Ghost. And by the time I got out of prayer, I had direction for my day. I had direction. I don't know how to explain it. I just knew that I knew that this is what God expected of me. There were many times I prayed in the Spirit and got nothing. But later on that night or later on the next day, I started receiving something from the Lord that can't be explained. Except that God set me up when I was praying. I was praying a perfect prayer to God. The fourth benefit is because praying in tongues creates an awareness of God's indwelling presence in you. His indwelling presence in you. Jesus promised us that he would never leave us or forsake us. And yet sometimes he seems to be far from us, especially when we're going through problems in our life or difficult circumstances in our life. He is there, but he seems so far from us. Praying in tongues is a wonderful remedy for this problem. Why? Because it's completely done by faith through the Spirit of God. Now that I'm doing that, oh, what happens is all of a sudden I start feeling this presence come into my life. I've been hit blindsided and didn't know what to say, and I was so upset, and I didn't even have bad words to say. I had no words to say. Anybody been hit like that before in your gut? Like, whoa, it took the wind out of me, didn't know even how to respond, and started going, caro masita, and didn't know what I was saying, but I'm praying the Spirit of God. What's happening here? Number one, Spirit of God's praying through me. Number two, it's a perfect prayer. Also, I begin to feel his presence come on the scene. Why? I'm not thinking anything. I'm not trying to formulate my words. I have an, I'm emotionally, I'm hurt or upset or angry and all that's going on. And my head is just kind of, I went from whatever I am IQ to, you know, 40. I mean, just to nothing. And just, I can't think straight. But now I'm praying the Holy Spirit, his presence comes to me. You know, when you get hit with bad news, you feel like God's away from you. This draws him back in. Come on, somebody. Oh, reminds you that he's never left you and he's never going to forsake you. Amen? Amen. The fifth benefit is because praying in tongues will build faith in your heart and in your life. That's why a lot of times I'll have you guys, when we're just in church service like this, I'll say, come on, let's all pray in the Spirit. Especially on our, uh, on our prayer nights. That's all we do, pray in the Spirit. I would say all of it, but I'd say about 50% of it, 60%, is just nothing but praying in the Spirit. Sometimes you'll see me up here, and you say, what direction are we going to go in? How's it going to take the service? I don't know yet. And I'll start praying in the Spirit, or I'll start singing a song unto the Lord, which is really singing in the Spirit. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to figure out what is God wanting to do. I feel him all over the place. But I want to know what is he trying to do? 
to say. So what happens is it begins to build my faith. It says that anything's possible. It reminds me that God's able to do anything. So when people come with problems or what they're, they're dealing with their life or what you're dealing with, he goes, he, my God can cause me to overcome this. I will be a victorious person. I am an overcomer. So I'm going to say amen. So the fifth benefit is to build your faith. And Jude 20 says this, but you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith. How? Say that one more time. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Did you see that? Y'all ready? Ready to do it? Let's go. Roma Okay, stop. Now, let me just ask you this. Did God come down and start moving your tongue up and down? He said, let me help you here, boy. Or ma'am. No. See, we were taught years ago that the Holy Spirit has to do it. No, he promised to come and baptize us. You, by faith, open your mouth and speak it. So you can start and stop at any given time. So people thought, well, you have to be moved by the Spirit. And I was taught that too, had to be moved by the Spirit. Well, I'll tell you what, it's always nice to be moved by the Spirit, but sometimes I'm not discerning the Spirit right now. Sometimes I'm just in the flesh, and so I know that he lives in me. He's given me a gift, and I can turn it on right now at will. As fast as I, as fast as I received it, as fast as I can use it again. Yes, you can. I said, yes, you can. It doesn't say, you show me anywhere where it says that. That's not what the Bible says. So I'm going to go with what the book says. Amen. When I'm down, I pray in the Holy Ghost. Why? I'm building myself up on my most holy faith. The Bible speaks of a number of ways that we can build our faith through reading and practicing the word of God uh, by exercising the faith that we already have, but also the Bible says by praying in tongues. The sixth benefit is praying in tongues is, is a way to wrap yourself in the love of God. I love this. It's a way to wrap yourself up in the love of God. Jude also 20 and 21, but you beloved praying uh, uh, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. I keep myself in the love of God by praying in the Holy Ghost. We've all seen the build yourself up in faith. How many times have you seen it where it's, it's actually keeping us in the love of God? Romans 5, verse 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Who poured out that love? The Holy Spirit who was given to us. Oh, that's why I sense his presence every single time I pray in the Spirit. That's why I feel his loving arms around me or feel the whole atmosphere begin to change that everything's going to be all right. I'm sensing God's love. I'm being wrapped up in his love and his love gives me confidence. His love builds me up. His love brings me encouragement. If I know God before me, then who can be against me? Amen. Praying in the spirit keeps us walking in love which keeps us praying for others. And I'm telling you guys, we have been hoodwinked in the body of Christ over the last 20 years 
and we've got all this stuff now that we're having to deal with over a course of a generation of being told that everything's about us. And I'm not talking about the world because they're bad. That's, the world's always going to teach you that. I'm talking about in the church where we taught everybody and we said, gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy. Come on, somebody. I want what I want. I pray God delivers. God's a big Santa Claus in the sky, praise God. And when I ask him, as long as I'm not naughty, I'm on the, I'm on the nice list, come on, somebody. I'm going to get what I want. I can take a bottle of oil down to the Cadillac dealer and put it on the bumper of that car, claim it, name it, claim it, and blab it and grab it, and it will be mine. Some of y'all don't have a clue what I'm talking about, but you still need to hear it because you weren't a part of that world, but you still need to hear it. That's a part, it's, it's in the culture of the church. I want mines. I want what I want. Give me, Lord, what I want. That is not the gospel. The gospel is I'll take up my cross. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to lay down all my earthly possessions, and I'm going to follow him. I'm going to do what he wants, not what I want. Thy will be done. Amen, church. And the Holy Ghost will begin out of his love, begin to show you who needs prayer. And your heart begins to open to other people, your neighbors, your co-workers, your, your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, people you meet at the gas station, the grocery store, wherever you know you happen to be, and you'll sense God's love for that person. The more you pray in the Holy Spirit, the more you begin to love people. I'm trying to teach you. And when you give, you receive. But I'm not giving to get. That's a byproduct. It's going to happen. My motivation, I give because that's what I'm supposed to do. When you give in this church, and you will in just a moment, your tithe and your offering. When you give it, it's not with the motivation to get. My motivation, I love you. You said to do it in your word. I'm going to be obedient because I love you. And I'm going to get the chance to build the kingdom in this church and the city and the gospel can, can be, be preached. That's my motivation. But the byproduct is you're going to take care of me. I take care of his house. He always takes care of my house. The more I pray in the spirit, the more selfless I become. Amen. And the more I become about what does God, how is my life supposed to be used? You know, have you ever noticed that you're just not happy when you make everything about you anyways? So you finally get the thing you really wanted and then we got it really, just a couple days of happiness and that's about it, you know. Because happiness is nothing more than happenstance. That's where we get the word happenstance, happiness. And, and so it's only as good, it only makes us happy as long as it lasts. And then it's gone, Right? But boy, when you do for others, there's just something you can't describe that you took the time and sacrificed and did it for them. It's such a, or I'll tell you another one that will really, this one, you want to talk about get you fired up? You want to get fired up this week or next week or however you want to look at it? Tell somebody about, give somebody your testimony. Find somebody and share Jesus with them and how Jesus touched your life and practice it and do it in about five minutes. Get it down so rob, rob nobody's time and share it with somebody. You're going to feel like you're 10 feet tall. And you're going to feel so satisfied and whole because you're doing what you're created to do. And then you find out they didn't reject me. They looked at me funny a couple times, but they didn't reject me. People want to hear about the love of God. And guess what? When you tell your story, who can tell it better? Amen. And you can't mess it up. 
So there ain't no words you can say, I'm just telling my story, how I got saved, how the Lord, just how the Lord's blessing me. Talk to them like they're already saved, praise God. Yeah, tell them a testimony. And I was really sick last week. I prayed and the Lord healed me. What? Yeah, I didn't have it. Man, God just really touched my body. I mean, I've watched God do it several times with my family. Really? And they start asking questions. You're going to feel like you're 10 feet tall. But I'll tell you what, praying in the Holy Ghost is how you get started. Uh, years ago, my, my uh, cousin and I, we used to go out for our church in Beloit. And we were the, well, we had a small church at the time. We were just starting out. And, um, and so him and I decided we're going, we're going to take on the streets of Beloit. So we, him and I, made, we prayed together. And we prayed in the spirit for about 30 minutes. Just 30 minutes, sitting in the car. And then we'd walk the streets and we would just let God use us. And we'd find people. And God would use us. And people were so, they'd be in their, on their porches, hey, can we talk? Yeah, what's up? And we'd start talking about the Lord and stuff. And then we start getting words of knowledge for them, telling them what's going on in their world, what's happening. And they go, how did you know that? Well, the Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. We didn't know that. Only God could know that. And you lead them to Jesus, and they cry right in their lawn. We see it so many times. I saw a guy one time. He was um, up against the wall drunk. A young kid. He's about, he looked older, but he couldn't have been about 25, 26 years old. And he's drunk. And it's about midnight, and he's up against the bank wall, and I mean, he can't talk. And so we started talking to this kid, telling him about the Lord and stuff, and, and he got, kind of got a little hostile with us, and we said, that's okay, you know, we just wanted to pray with you. Well, I'll take some prayer. So we started praying for them, and the guy started manifesting the devil. The devil, his whole face changed. He started growling like, oh, my Lord. We cast the devil right on Grand Avenue, right there in Beloit, Wisconsin, right in front of that bank, First National Bank, and we cast the devil out of that boy. And when he came out of that, he got like this, looked at this, he goes, he goes, my God, he goes, what the blank was that? And he didn't know, come on, what was that? He said, that was a devil. That was a devil? Man, it's gone. He said, I feel great. He goes, I'm not even drunk anymore. He was completely sober. <laughs> Took him, gave him, a, got him a bite to eat, and got him in the shelter that night to help him out. Come on, somebody. God led us to that guy, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. The seventh benefit is that speaking in tongues brings us the wisdom of God and the creativity of God. Speaking in tongues is not just uh, babbling. It's, uh, it is that it, it, it begins to... It's an intimate form, rather, of communication with God. Because 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 7 says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So when we speak in tongues, the wisdom of God is being spoken. Have you ever done this? Prayed in the Holy Ghost and got done. Said in the Holy Spirit, give me the interpretation. You'd be surprised. It takes a little practice. To hear God, but you go, oh, and write it down. I think that's what it's, I need to be praying for my Uncle John, you know. Whatever my, or God's wanting to heal this person. And you begin to write it down. Now, they'll teach you this in more depth in the, the fire starter class. They'll, they'll give you more depth on that. We have that class for you. But this is simply how you do it. It is powerful. Also, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 2, when you speak in tongues, you are speaking directly to God in a language meant just for him. It's the language of God. Each time you pray in the Spirit, hidden wisdom is revealed, and you allow the Holy Spirit to show you things that are hidden from everyone else. It's a mystery to everybody else, but it shouldn't be a mystery to us. God wants us to solve the problems. And lastly, the eighth benefit is because praying in tongues provides a perfect channel for joyous praise and worship. 
John 4.24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Have you ever been so filled with joy and gratitude that you couldn't find the words to express that joy? And so when you, your prayer and your praise in tongues is a perfect means to express joy and gratitude. Absolutely perfect at all costs. If you take those things and apply them in your life, it will change your world. And I wouldn't stop. Look, I, you don't memorize what I just said. Just start praying tomorrow morning in the Holy Ghost. And you're going to start seeing every one of those things start to happen in your life. They're going to start happening in your life. That's what we're not doing enough of. Why would he give us a gift that we don't use? <laughs> 